0: see my hands and look at my feet it's okay if it's hard to
1: powerful, powerful song by Cain, ladies and gentlemen. That song is called The Commission and that was the live version of that song and I love that song so very much. It, It tells us exactly what Jesus told us that we should do. It tells us exactly what we're supposed to do as Christians and that's supposed to be to spread the gospel. Go tell the world about me. And goodbye is not the end. I've got to go now for a little while. But I'm going to the place where you will go. You can't go now. But I'm going to go prepare that place for you. And in the meantime, what you can do is go tell the world about me. Viscap said, I never listened to Christian music until Rise Up. So thankful and blessed the ocean's song is the very beginning had me in tears the opening song I think you meant to say yeah it's it's uh that's what the message is about today be his hands and his feet that's what we titled today's show now I want to apologize for the technical difficulties that we had here this morning the first part was my fault actually the second part I don't know what happened but we're here and we're here now and somebody said something very very um astute. They said, wow, Jeremy, you must have a very powerful message today because Satan doesn't want your voice heard. And that's exactly right. The one thing Satan could not do was kill Jesus. So he's going to try to stifle your seed spreading, your gospel spreading as much as possible. And when that happens, what do we say here? What do we say here? Not today, Satan. Not today. We have a thousand people watching. I want to thank you all very much. Today's show is titled, Be His Hands and His Feet. And I think we should go to prayer right now in Jesus' name. So let's do that, okay? Get behind us, Satan. Not today. We've got plans to do and we've got seeds to spread. So in the name of Yeshua, Father in heaven, Lord, hear our prayers, hear our cries, humble our hearts, guide us through the Holy Spirit through each day that brings its own trials, and its own problems and tribulations, but also each day in itself brings its own blessings because each day is a blessing. And Lord, we just want that message to be understood, that no matter what we are going through in our lives, we can separate that from our time with you. And spending time with you is what makes us a better person, but even more importantly, a better Christian, a better child of God. We are the body of Christ. We share in Christ's suffering. We share in Christ's problems. We share in his trials that he went through so that we can share in his resurrection. We can share in the blessings of, from you to us. Today, Lord, let us be his hands. Let us fill the holes in his hands. Let us, the body of Christ, fill the holes in his feet. Let us be his hands and let us be his feet. Lord, give us strength. Give us courage to spread the gospel, to talk about our faith out loud in public, to talk about the political spectrum that's going on in this world, the evil that has found its way into our political uh, system. And let's root out that evil. But spreading the gospel, go tell the world about me, is what Jesus wanted, so that's what we'll do. Thank you, God, for that message. Thank you for that direction. In the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, Jesus, amen. We have a $100 donation this morning from Twanity and says, go tell the world about me. Amen. Go tell the world about me. I want to read this morning's description. And I did not, oh, I didn't get a description out this morning because we were already behind the time. And that's why we were a little late this morning. But I have many verses to read to you today that talk about spreading the gospel. Okay? Prayers for Gwen, please. Battling cancer, hospice three times a week. Doesn't have a relationship with Yeshua, Most important prayer is salvation. She needs a miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, please pray for Glenn. Now, you're going to hear me say the name Yeshua more than usual. And that's because I want to start calling Jesus by his name, his actual name. Now, for those who don't want to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. This is my personal choice. God is calling me to speak to and refer to Jesus His son, our Lord and Savior, is Yeshua, because that is his name. Now, we're going to play a video from Ray Comfort today that talks about why we call him Jesus. And again, that's okay. But the more I thought about this, the more I realized that if I go to another country, they don't call me by the name that my name would translate to. Now, when I was in Spanish class, the closest thing that translated to my name in Spanish was Javier. So when I was in Spanish class, our Spanish teacher told us to all pick Spanish names, and mine was Javier. But if I were to go to Mexico or Puerto Rico or any other place that speaks Spanish, you know, like Texas or New Mexico or California, they would not call me Javier, they would call me Jeremy. Now, again, I don't think that there's, there's nothing wrong with calling Jesus, Jesus. And it's the tr- it's the, there's a reason. Ray, Ray will explain to you why we call him Jesus. And it's, that's his name. That's what we call him. But I like to refer to him as Yeshua. It's something that makes me feel good. It's something that makes me feel complete. Now, somebody said Ray Comfort disagrees with you. Well, you're going to it's not really a disagreement. It's just that you can call him either one. It's not, it's not like if you call him Jesus, then you're wrong. You're not wrong at all. I'm just saying that if you hear me refer to him as Yeshua often from now on, that's why. Hold on a minute. Hope Up says, Found out yesterday I wasn't approved for my financing to fix my teeth. Very minuscule problem when looking at the world today, but prayers are appreciated. I know God will find a way. Hope up. How much do you need? How much do you need to fix your teeth? And you're right, Jephoff. Jesus has many names. Emmanuel, Yeshua, Jesus. He also called himself I Am. So he has many names, and none of those names are wrong. I'm just saying you're going to hear me refer to him as Yeshua more often, and that's and I have a personal reason why. Okay? So we're gonna watch that video from Ray Comfort today. And we're also gonna talk many, we're gonna go through many verses that talk about doing exactly what that song by Cain said. Go tell the world about me. Because that's our job. So again, I'm um, I'm just waiting to see how much Hope Up needs to fix her teeth. I know that that is that can be an incredible annoyance and a pain in the butt um, to have you know teeth issues for sure. Um, the teeth is the first process of the digestive system system. It should be covered by medical. It's all a con game. You are so correct. You are so correct, Bad Moon. Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, Cassandra. How you doing? Good to see you. God bless you. All right. If anybody, if anybody can find out how much she needs, I just can't keep monitoring the chat so much. Um, thank you, kittenhead. God bless you for that. I'm gonna keep going. Okay. So I want to get right to some of these verses. I think we need to. I, I think we need to read these verses. Okay. Sixteen thousand. Oh my lanta, That is incredible. Wow. It is a scam. It definitely is a scam. Well, you know what? If anybody wants to donate on Rise Up today to help her, even if it's a total of 100 bucks, then she'll only need $15,900. 15, um, that's a lot. But we'll do what we can. So if anybody wants to donate today um, through Rise Up, we're going to put the donations to Hope up for her, for her teeth. Even fixing one is better than nothing. But it is a scam for sure. Thank you for letting us know. And thank you to those who donate. I will also release some money from the Slurp Fund. But uh, in order for me to do that, we have to wait a little bit because our Slurp Fund is a little bit depleted right now. Um, But definitely look for a different dentist. Maybe they can do it for cheaper. Okay, I want to go through some of the most relevant verses in the Bible that refer to doing exactly what Jesus said in that song. Go tell the world about me. So, when you hear me say, be his hands and his feet, that's what it is. Be his hands and his feet. Be swift. Be accurate. And if you get something wrong, immediately, immediately correct yourself. I've done that before. I mean, with the Bible, many times. Okay. If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark 16. 15. Now I don't have all of these marked. I have them up on the computer in front of me, um, but I'm going to try to actually go to them as well. So go to Mark, Mark 16, 15, if you can. Okay. Mark 14, Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. That was 15 and 16. But 15 said, go and tell all the world about me. And we already talked about the baptism. What he's talking about there is baptism in the spirit, not baptism in the water. So that's number one. Go tell the world about me. Tell all the world about me. Philippians 1, 5. Let's do that. Let's go to Philippians. You get these tiny Bibles like this. It's hard to get to the right exact. Okay, Philippians 1, 5 says... For the fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So basically three through five says, thank you God. Thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, That he who has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's basically saying, participate in the gospel. Again, Philippians 1.18. Let's go down to 18. Verse 18 says, What then? Question mark. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, will rejoice. Matthew 24 14. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 24 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and the end will then come. Has the gospel been preached to all corners of the world in every nation? Folks, the Bible could not be more clear about what we're supposed to be doing. So I know it's scary. I know people out there don't want to do it. I know people are afraid they're going to be chastised or their reputation is going to be hurt somehow or they're going to lose friends or whatever it is. But we're not here to please friends and family and co-workers. We're here to please God. How about Romans 10.15? Romans 10.15 says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Let's go to Ephesians 3.7. I'm starting to know the Bible really good, Eli. I'm really flying through it now. I can get everywhere I need to. Ephesians 3.7 says, Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given to me by the effective working of His power. You've been made a minister of God. That means you must go out there and spread his word. Okay. It must be done. And if you don't do that, ladies and gentlemen, then you are not doing what God put you on this earth to do. Be his hands. Be his feet. Who are we talking about? You know him as Jesus. Yeshua. Emmanuel. Our Lord and Savior, whom Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah 53 very clearly, and we went through that yesterday. There is no doubt to the Jew, to the Gentile, to the Muslim, who Jesus is based on the writings of Isaiah and many, many others. Jeremy, we can't keep up. Could you slow down? LOL, joking, of course. I know I'm, I'm kind of, I, I didn't want to, uh, I wanted to hit all of those gospel pieces. Now, I want to go and I want to talk, I want to hear from Ray Comfort, okay? I want to hear from Ray Comfort. And I know you guys do too. Why do we call him Jesus? Now, there are people out there that say if you call him Jesus, then you are wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. These are people trying to divide the the body. Okay? So let's go and let's listen to what Ray Comfort says about the real name of Jesus is not Yeshua, and this is why. Now, Ray Comfort's going to tell you exactly who Jesus is and where his names come from. My, my reason for calling him Yeshua is because when I talk to God, when I talk to Jesus, I feel closer to him calling him by the name that so many called him before we called him Jesus, okay? But he has many names, and as long as you are referring to him and you open your heart and mind up to him, he to you is your savior, okay? Nobody is wrong for calling him Yeshua, nobody is wrong for calling him jesus nobody is wrong for calling him emmanuel nobody is wrong for calling him the son of man and nobody is wrong for calling him the son of god he has many names but he's our savior so ladies and gentlemen ray comfort
0: you know his name's not jesus right if you go back to where jesus was walking the earth and you walked around and said where's jesus nobody would know who you're talking about
2: this is not the real name that's a fabricated name as a matter of fact the j didn't even exist until more recently.
1: Because many people use the name Jesus today, but the name of our Messiah is Yahshua. And uh, people say, well, that's his Hebrew name. I say, no, that is his name.
3: Look, you're telling me I should get to you know Jesus. You don't even know what his name is. You think his mother named
4: him Jesus? Keith's Jesus name. is not Aramaic, it's
3: Keith's Yeshua. Name.
4: Listen to this YouTube comment about the name of Jesus. His name isn't Jesus. One name under heaven by which to be saved, not Jesus. If Satan teaches the world it is, then all those who confess Jesus are lost. His name is Yeshua. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the pagan name given to him in the fifth century at the Council of Nicaea
1: by the church.
2: Recordings just got better.
1: Not today, Satan. It's Dana from Stringer. Oh, I'm we so hate excited you to announce
2: that local Let's recording. Go back. Yeshua, which is his real name, Yeshua was also a product of genetic manipulation through something called vitro fertilization, as well as his grandmother, who was also a virgin birth. Which you never—they never tell you about that in Bible study.
4: It's become common for some to call Jesus by his Hebrew name, Yeshua or to be more correct, Yehoshua, or Yahshua, or by his full name, Yeshua HaMashiach. But be careful, because there's more you should know.
2: Jesus. Pick up any English translation of the New Testament, and that's the name of the miracle-working apocalyptic preacher from Nazareth who walks around the Sea of Galilee talking about the coming Kingdom of God, J-E-S-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. But that wasn't really his name, right? I said English translation of the New Testament. If you were to take a time machine back to the Galilee and walk up and say, hey Jesus, you'd get a confused look. And if you walk up and say, good morning, what's up? You'd also get a confused look
4: because they don't speak English because you wouldn't be in an English speaking country. They would speak Greek or Aramaic or Hebrew. So it's quite simple. But of course, we need an expert to explain more introduced by the man in the magic shirt.
2: What was the actual name of Jesus? To help us answer this question, I've enlisted the help of Dr. Benjamin Sushard, a historical linguist with a specialization in biblical Hebrew. If you wanted to name your kid Joshua in the centuries after the Babylonian exile, you'd name him Yeshua. So case closed, right? Jesus was living during the second temple period when Aramaic became the day-to-day language for Jews living in the Galilee. So his Aramaic name must have sounded something like Yeshua. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, and the complication comes from that final syllable, the a part of Yeshua. Yeshua is spelled with four letters in Hebrew and Aramaic, Yod, Shin, Vav, and Ein, read from right to left and without vowels. That final letter Ein is not actually an equivalent to the English vowel A, but rather it's what's called a guttural letter, one of several in the Hebrew and Aramaic alphabet. Ayin is created in the back of your throat. This affected the pronunciation of the name. But we know from especially from Greek transcriptions that this little a ah, you hear at the end before the ein sound, the a ah in Yehoshua, and the ah in Yeshua, that wasn't originally there. Throughout Late Antiquity and into the Medieval period, hundreds of years after Jesus, Jewish scribes called the Masoretes started adding vowel markers, alerting readers what vowels they should use to correctly pronounce the words in the Hebrew Bible. To summarize, that A sound in the final syllable was a later invention to help ease readers into pronouncing the final ein. Thus, Yeshua is correct if we're following the Masoretic text. But this sneaky A did not exist during the time of Jesus. The name Yeshua just ended with a guttural Ayn. This might seem like a minor quibble, but it's actually very important. So it looks like our friend who thought he got it right, got it wrong. How did Yeshua
1: become translated to Jesus?
0: In the text, a Greek-English lexicon compiled in the 19th century by
2: Henry George Liddell, Robert Scott, and others, Yeshua was translated into ancient Greek as Yesus. And that's because the original authors of the New Testament were trying to convert the sound of the Hebrew name into Greek letters. But since they didn't have the letters or spelling to represent
0: the
1: sh sound in their language, they substituted an s sound in the middle, and that led them to Iesous. But even though there were other men with the first name Yeshua in the Bible in the Old
2: Testament, and also men with the same name who were contemporaries of Jesus, their names were written in Hebrew and thus stuck closer to the Joshua translation once their names were converted into English. But it took a while for the J sound to be placed in front of Jesus. That made its way into Latin, almost unchanged, as Jesus. But eventually this fancy I was adopted as a new letter to denote the J sound that entered the English language thanks to influence from Old French, and in fact, early modern English writers would write English J words with an I. Even as late as 1611, when the first edition of the King James Bible was published, I and J were not distinguished from one another. All J names in the Bible, including Judas, Jesus, and John, were all spelled with an I. It was not until 1629, with the first major revision of the King James Bible, that they were finally differentiated. Add some influence from Germanic languages, which makes the S between two vowels sound like a Z, and we finally arrive at Jesus. But let's complicate this even more. No,
4: let's not. I've had enough. There's something else that you may like to consider if you're tempted to stop using the name of Jesus. It makes sense to use the English language when we're speaking of Jesus to English-speaking people. This is because unbelievers, those we're trying to reach, will have no idea who we're talking about if we refer to him in a foreign language they neither speak nor understand. We may as well be speaking to them in part Russian by saying, Put your faith in, imisusor. Way back in the early 1990s, I was preaching the gospel. All
1: right, we're going to stop it right there. We'll come back. Don't worry, folks. I want to just talk, I want to touch on what Ray said there. Ray is not wrong there. Ray's 100% right. If you start saying the name Yeshua to Americans or English-speaking people that don't know the Bible as you and I are learning it and, and, and know history of the Bible as you and I know and are, are, are learning it, then they aren't going to know what you're talking about and you are going to confuse them. But you'll notice when I say Yeshua, I also say Jesus. It might not be right back to back, but I make it very clear and very known that I'm talking about Jesus. I'll say Yeshua, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Or I'll say Yeshua did this and that is why he is the son of man and my Lord and Savior. And if you can pop in a Jesus here and there, too, or or if you're just talking about Jesus and you can pop in a Yeshua every now and then, it's going to get. This is where I this is where me and Ray um, have a little bit of a disagreement. I like to challenge people's minds. I'm a, I am like to make them critical think. I think that's where I think that's the politician, you know, the politic inside of me, the the, the love for politics. I think it's, it's it's to challenge them to think. And I think that's what we should be doing with our faith, too. So if I say the name Yeshua to somebody who doesn't believe, they're going to say, well, who's that? They've asked me a question. See, that's a sales thing too. And sales, and I was in sales for a long time. You want to get the buyer, the person who's purchasing, right, to make a commitment. You say, Jeremy, what do you mean? Uh, To purchase? No, 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 no. As a salesperson, part of your sales training tells you that the more you can get them talking and you listening, the more that they will break down their walls and their hard exteriors and they will talk to you like a normal person. So me, when I evangelize, again, I'm not as good as Ray, but I would do it differently. I would would make them think and ask questions because that is my, like I said, my political or my sales background coming out in me. I want them to engage with me. So if I say Yeshua, they're going to say, who are you talking about? And I'll say, Jesus, you didn't know that was his other name? Ooh. So, again, none of it is wrong. It's all about how you evangelize. But Ray is right. With Americans today, with, you know, um, attention spans, the, the uh, less than a goldfish, that's, by the way, that's true. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, Ray is not wrong. He just evangelizes a little differently than I would. I just do it a little differently than he does. And it's all needed because we're all here for the same reason to further the kingdom of God by spreading the gospel.
4: they neither speak nor understand. We may as well be speaking to them in part Russian by saying, Put your faith in i Way back in the early 1990s, I was preaching the gospel in the open air at Berkeley University and was being angrily heckled by a man who was clearly demon-possessed. He hated it when I used the name of Jesus and insisted in front of the crowd that I call him Yeshua, because he knew my hearers wouldn't have any idea of whom I was speaking if I spoke of Jesus using a foreign language. Why is it that those who insist on using Hebrew when referring to Jesus use English when they refer to Adam, David, Noah, Peter, Andrew, James and John, and the Apostle Paul? The real name of Jesus for English-speaking people, which is what we use, is Jesus. You see this plastic tote right
3: hey, here that's out in the patriots. woods. Hey, for Patriots! That's show you pretty good. Something right now. That's some pretty good. Actually, some people
1: are concerned that they but might have to go along. We're talking about God.
4: This evil world only uses one human being's name as a cuss word, and that name is the English name of Jesus. It's never Yeshua. I wonder why. Hmm. Have you heard of the name of Yeshua? No, I have not. Very famous person. Never heard of him. heard the name Yeshua spoken before?
3: No, never.
4: Do you know who it is? No. It's the name of Jesus in Hebrew. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you heard of Jesus? Yes, I have. Yeah, (laughs) everyone has. Everyone has. The most famous man in history. What do you think of Jesus?
2: I do believe in Jesus, but I'm not like too like carried away at that thought, you get me? So I wouldn't like put, like I don't like pray before I eat and all that, but I do believe in him.
4: You believe the Bible? Yes. That Jesus rose from the
2: dead? Yes. I mean, when I was younger, I did, not we did used to like read the Bible and all that, but as we grew older, we kind of just like float away from that thought. Like, if I do die and I do have like some bad things, like what I like, what would happen in hell if I was like, you know, in there? Or like, would I go to heaven or would I go to hell?
4: Well, let's find out. Do you think you're a good person?
2: When I was younger, I would always, um, I would have like a, oh, hello. I would have like a ceiling problem. I'm gonna be, Hello. I'm gonna...
4: Hello. But did you want something? Oh
3: yeah, oh, yeah. He wants to say something. hello, good. Did you want to
4: join in? I'm asking if he thinks there's an afterlife. What do you think?
3: Well, yes, I'm Catholic.
4: Have you been born again?
3: Like baptized, yeah. No,
4: no. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you're not going to enter heaven. Did you know that? Sounds familiar. Yeah. John chapter three of the Bible. He said, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. So if you want to go to heaven, you got to be born again, and that's what I'm talking to Adrian about. So can I have permission to film you?
3: All right, all right. Wait a minute. I think I recognize your voice. I think I may have seen one of your videos before.
4: Yeah, so do you think you're a good person? I am a good person. Okay, and do you think you're a good person? Are you going to make it to heaven? I have a couple personal sins, but aside from that... We're going to see how many you've got, oh, great. and where you're going. Right. Can you handle that? Yeah, sure. How many lies have you told in your life? Oh, can't even count them. So what do you call people who tell lies? Liars. So what are you? A liar. And you? Liar. If a have stolen something, even if it's small. Yep. What do you call someone who steals? Uh, a thief. So, What are you? A thief. No, you're not. You're a lying thief. Oh. Do you still think you're a good person? Nope. <laughs> I mean. And you've stolen, obviously. Have you ever used God's name in vain?
0: Yes. Okay.
4: What about you? Yep. Because you've taken his holy name and used it as a cuss word. Wow. It's called blasphemy, punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty, and same with you, Adrian. Now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Are you homosexual? Oh uh, no. I'll come back to you in a minute. Have you looked at a woman <laughs> with lust? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Many times. yeah. When did you last look at pornography? Yeah, like
1: last night. <laughs> last, last night. night. Yeah.
4: Well that's lust. When you look at a woman with lust like that, you commit adultery in God's eyes. That's how high her standards oh, are. Yeah. You're a Catholic. Ever heard the famous Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Ever heard that? No. Saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal who thinks he's a good person, but he's committed multiple murders. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious this is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. And guys, sin is so serious in the eyes of a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. You're going to be innocent or guilty on judgment day? Guilty. Very guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Does that concern you? Yeah, it does. Concern you? Yes horrifies me. I've just met you guys, but I love you, and I don't want you to go to hell. Now, you're a Catholic. What did God do for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell? He
3: died on the cross for our sins.
4: Okay. Now how can that help you 2,000 years later? He yeah. died on the cross. How can it help you? You're in a big dilemma. You're going to hell. How can Jesus help you 2,000 years later?
3: Uh, John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that if people believed in him, he can save them from sin.
4: Shall not perish, but have everlasting yeah. life. Have you heard that?
3: No, I have not.
4: Almost everybody in America except you has heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the offer of God. Now, most people know that, but they don't know this. And guys, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. That's why he said, it is finished just before he died. He was saying, paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. You say, you're out of here, someone's paid your fine, and it's legal. You understand that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you because of what Jesus did on the cross. He can let you live forever, all because of that death and resurrection. And all you have to do, according to the Bible, is repent of your sins. Do you know what that means?
2: Oh, uh, like... I guess do like the good things to so, like cover up the bad things you've done. No,
4: nothing like that. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's so when so you many, turn from your sins. So many you people can't are sound lost. A they just but you don't fall and know. Fight, lie and steal and blaspheme. That's just playing the hypocrite. So you perpetually turn from your sins, and you trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. So I got a question for you. If you're going to jump out of a plane ten thousand feet, why would you put on a parachute? Because you want to be saved from death. Yeah, and your motivation is fear. And that fear is your friend, it's not your enemy, because it's doing you a great favor. It's making you put on a parachute. And guys, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today. I've tried to make your heart palpitate a little, make your mouth go dry, hoping you'll see that fear as your friend, not your enemy. Because it'll drive you to mean business with God, where you say, I've been doing things that are morally wrong. God gave me a conscience, and I've been doing all these things that are wrong and storing up his anger. It'll make you mean business with God and put your faith in Jesus where you'll find everlasting life. Is this making sense? Yes. Is it making sense to you? Makes perfect sense. You're going to think about what we talked about? Yes. You? Yes. Okay. If you guys died today, God forbid if you had a heart attack, aneurysm in your sleep, run over going home, you'd be damned by God justly. You'd end up in hell. That horrifies me. There are two things you must do to be saved. You must repent and put your faith in Jesus. When are you going to do that? Right now. Yeah! Oh, right now? Let's yes.
1: go!
4: You guys realize, realize what you're doing. You're giving up the battle. You're saying, God, I've been a rebel. Please forgive me. Create me a clean heart. I'm going to serve you and love you because you gave me life, and that's the right thing I should do. Is that what you want to do? Yes. Are you sorry for your sins? Yeah. You? Yes. Okay, can I pray with you guys? Yes. Okay, let's bear in prayer. Father, I pray for these two young men. Thank you for their open and honest heart. I pray today they'll think of their secret sins and realize they've angered you, but you're the lover of their soul. And you proved your love by suffering and dying in Christ on the cross to defeat our greatest enemy, death itself. May they find a place of true repentance this day and pass from death to life, all because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys got a Bible at home?
2: No.
4: (laughs) Do you have a Bible at home? Yes, I do. I'm going to give you a Gospel of John. And may I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible?
3: You wrote a book? I write books. Oh. It's
4: called Scientific Facts in the Bible. It's free. Cool. Would you like it? Sure. Would you like one too? Sure. Huh. Well, let me get it for you. It's the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is the fourth book of the New Testament. You can open it up. Okay. Yeah, this is mine. It's not just a bundle of money. It's far more valuable than all the gold and money in the world. This is a booklet called Save Yourself Some Pain. It's Principles of Christian Growth.
1: All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what would have happened had Ray Comfort not been out doing what Jesus commanded us to do and be his hands, be his feet, be his voice and spread the gospel? Those two young men wouldn't have been all smiles. That one young man wouldn't have just stopped all of a sudden and said, hey, what's going on here? And then he joins in and then they're both. They're both given the word of God. They're both subject to the gospel and they both were prayed over. And I guarantee you that moment one way or another will change their lives. Guaranteed. All because Ray Comfort did what Yeshua, Jesus, asked him to do, and that is spread the gospel. Now, here's what I want to say. Ready for this? God. El Shaddai. Elohim. Jehovah-Jireh, Yahweh, are any of those names wrong to call our Father in Heaven? The answer is no, because all of those refer to our Father, God, in Heaven. And I always thought it was great that His name was Yahweh, revealed to only one person, and Yahshua, very similar, Yahweh, Yashua. Now, I know it's the language, and it, there's a, probably a lot of, you know, words, of names that sound like that, but I just thought that was great. So if El, uh, El Adonai, El Shaddai, Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, the great I Am, the Alpha, the Omega, if those names are not wrong to say when you're referring to Father God in Heaven, then Yeshua, Emmanuel, Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, none of those are wrong either. Just make sure that whoever you're evangelizing to knows who you are talking about. Okay? Okay? Just make sure that whoever you're evangelizing to knows who you're talking about. Now, I've got another video to show you, and this one might just bring you to tears. But I might want to get those, uh, those rise-up tissues, ladies and gentlemen. It did to me, just because. Anytime I see Jesus and, and, and what happened to him, it, it just it bothers me. Yeshua, roll it.
3: We're about to get a whole new level of understanding of what it means when it says that you are the body of Christ. So Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So Christ's body was whipped, beaten, and tortured. And what represents the body of Christ today is the church, which is you and me. Now Christ actually took 39 lashes. And did you know that there is actually 39 categories of diseases? And by His stripes we are healed of all these diseases and all this affliction. However, we must remember that we may not actually be healed of our affliction or any of these diseases, as it may be the very thing that keeps us humble and keeps us seeking God. So just keep that in mind too. Now since the body of Christ is the church, you and me, we must also share in the suffering of Christ. So 1 Peter 4.13 says, But rejoice when you share in Christ's suffering, that you also rejoice when his glory is revealed, because when his glory is revealed, we are glorified with him. Right, so it's as if each one of us are a piece of the literal body of Jesus. So when Jesus was beaten, we are beaten. When Jesus was whipped, we are also whipped. So we share in his affliction, so that we share in his resurrection. I'm just going to say that again. We share in his affliction so that we share in his resurrection. So just as Christ was humiliated, so also will we be humiliated. You are about to get a whole new level of understanding.
1: Wow, sharing his suffering, sharing his sufferings, so you can share in his resurrection. And just as he was tortured, and just as he was humiliated, we must also share in that torture. In that humiliation. Now. Do you want to know how you know the. the Holy Spirit is truly in you. I'll tell you how. As much as you may change your mind at the last minute. When you see Jesus taking that pain for you. You want to go in his place. That's how you know that you are walking with God. You don't deny him, as his disciples did, and run. At first, they ended up all dying in his name, so I don't want to say anything you know, ill on the disciples, but when you want to take his place and you want to receive those lashes and those nails in your hands and your feet so he doesn't have to, It's like, it's like uh, when your kid is sick, right? Or your kid gets a broken leg, or a broken arm, or your kid gets cancer and it's in the hospital, or your kid gets in a car accident or something. And you say to God, "Please, God, why not me? I would take, I would switch places with this person in a millisecond." If I could, that's how I feel when I see depictions of Jesus being beaten and tortured. I want to read from this book before we end. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man. Every single time I see or even hear anything about him being tortured in any way, that happens. And I just, I want to take it. All right, let's read from this book and uh, listen to some good music on the way out, huh? So I'm going to open up one minute prayer for dads. And I'm going to open up because... You see tears coming out of my eyes right now, right? A dad's tears. Psalm 56, 8. You "You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. And they are not in your book. One mark of a Christian is joy. But there will also be sorrows during the course of a lifetime. For dads, the sorrows could come from the serious illness of a death of a child. Rebellion during the teen years, a broken marriage, or perhaps a job loss. Dads shed tears, but God sees when dads cry. He puts our tears in the bottle. He understands our every headache. Sometimes when men do cry or feel the need to, Lord, in many ways you've granted me success, and for that I thank you. But some days I seem to focus on my failures or the pain from my past or even my present. Or from my kids. Lord, you know the source of my tears. You have kept count of my tears that I've cried. Yeah, some of which have been invisible. I pray that these tears will not have been shed in vain. I pray that you will use my pain to strengthen me and give me a heart of compassion for others, especially compassion for my children when they're hurting. You are my healer and my comforter. I trust in you today as you consider my pain. All glory to Yahweh, all thankfulness to Yeshua, and God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here with me today. Sean Farish and Ungoverned starts next. Remember, this is not goodbye, because goodbye is not the end. I will see you at 11 o'clock for Live from America, but for right now, enjoy the music. God bless you. Thank you for this Bible study today, and remember, be his hands and be his feet, okay? God bless you guys.
0: to